Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Welcome to the J podcast, hosted by me, Jahan Smadiga, aka Canadian Red Bull. Be sure to like and follow the Field of 68 Media Network for content on the Korean Blue Jays, like I'm doing right now, or various other hosts uh, representing the alma maters, talking about their games, talking about their careers. So it's a really cool thing that we're doing over there. Make sure to like and follow and subscribe for all the upcoming episodes that we have lined up for you guys. And also don't forget to download the Locker Room app where we'll be doing pre and post game shows. Uh, you guys could actually type in questions. You could request to speak. It's a really cool interactive way to get to talk to not only you know the hosts, but also other people on the platform and chat and really get to know the fans who are watching the same games that you are. Now it's our 11th episode and we are blessed today with a very, very special guest. He was a member of the all-freshman team. He's a second-team All-Big East member a year ago. He was the preseason Big East Player of the Year for this year. He's already in the 1,000-point club. He just had a stat line of 25 points, five assists, three rebounds, and an 86-70 win over Villanova this past weekend. He was a key part of Crane's first ever share of the Big East regular season championship a year ago. And he's obviously looking to do the same thing again this year. If it's a big game, you better call his name the pride of Hamilton, Massachusetts. Marcus <laughs> Zagorowski, number 11. Welcome to the J, bro. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Man, how you been? How you holding up? I'm good, man. I'm just, you know, just, you know, riding the wave, just staying healthy, you know, enjoying my time here and trying to make the best of this, this season. It It's kind of crazy, the game that you had on Saturday. It looks like you were finally comfortable, you know, clicking on just about all cylinders. How does it feel to finally, you know, kind of get your legs under you? You look like you're a lot more comfortable out there than you were, let's say, you know, seven, eight games ago. Yeah, you know, it, it comes with time. You know, I just, you know, try and take it each day at a time and try and get better each day and, you know, I knew things would eventually click and things would eventually, you know, start pulling for me and, and for the team. And, you know, you know, luckily, you know, we won we won that game and, you know, a lot of our, we all played well for the most part. So right. I'm real happy with how we played and that now we just got to build on it. It's such an emotional game. Anytime that, you know, we play Villanova, I think back to the times that I played those Jay Wright uh, coach teams. You know they're going to be disciplined. You know that they're going to, you know, you can't fall for shot face. You can't get out of the parameters of what you guys are trying to do. Now that you had a couple of days to think about it, how big was that win for you guys? And, you know, how do you personally feel about it right now? Yeah, we know that the Villanova game is, is very important, especially this year, you know, with how things you know, are going are gonna to go in terms of who's going to be number one going into the biggest tournament. You know, we know, we know they're going to play less games than us in the regular season, so – it's going to go by percentages. So we know that we got to, we almost got to win out because, you know, we can't expect them to lose. You know, that's a bad mentality to have. So, you know, our mentality going in was we got to just win out, just win every game now and, you know, try and get another one of those regular season titles and then go, go, go forward from that. Bro, explain to me one thing, because I swear it seems the bigger the magnitude of the game, the more you pull out your A game. What is it about those kind of big moments? I'm thinking back to like last year to clinch the regular season championship at home against Seton Hall. I was in Hungary watching that game and I was honestly in awe of the key moments where you were really effective, made some great plays offensively and defensively. And for the first time, I think I saw you talking a whole lot of smack. 
<laughs> your guns That's were many. just moving the whole game. So talk to me about those kind of moments and, and what is it about those moments that really gets you hyped up and, and helps you bring out your A game? I, I, I just think it kind of gets me, like those big games and those, you know, really, you know, crazy environments. It kind of like, it brings a sense of calmness to me, but it also brings like, like I know I got, I know I have to bring my best, or 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 I'll get exposed, or 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 something won't go my way. So in terms of, you know, those big games, you know, Seton Hall and you know this past game versus Villanova, I just try and, you know, attack it with the mentality of like, you know, this is a very important game, and um, you know, I I prepared myself, so now let now let's go and just play and be myself out there. And, you know, I don't know, I really don't. I I've always been like that though, even in high school, like the bigger games, I would just. I feel like it brings the best out of you, you know, you know, speaking for my teammates as well. I think, you know, once we have, once we kind of go into a game, like a must win and, you know, a game that can meet, that can mean in March, um, we knew we, we would have to bring our best foot forward. And, you know, that's what we usually do. And I'm real happy with that. And, you know, it was a big, big win, not only for now, but for the future. Uh, you guys have a break right now. Uh, you played on the 13th. The next game is on the 24th. Uh, those long stretches in the middle of a season, sometimes it's not something that you want as a player. I always think that whether you're coming off a win or a loss, if you have a quick game right after, it just kind of gives you a chance to not think too far behind, but to just continue to move ahead. How are you guys going to stay sharp during this time? It's a question I think a lot of fans have uh, and, you know, deservedly so. What is it that you guys have to do to maintain the sharp level of play that you guys obviously showed that you can play on Saturday? Yeah, you know, um, I feel like in a regular year where things were normal and, you know, the COVID's not involved and I think, you know, this 11-day break would, would – I feel like the, the cons would outweigh the pros. But I think now that this this season is so so much different, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, I think a break like this throughout the season is going to benefit more than hurt because, you know, we really haven't had a break – and since August, we haven't been able to almost like decompress, and and even during the year, we haven't really since we we play every two three days. You know, we 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 don't really get to work on ourselves in practice. It's more of just scout and more of trying to figure out how to stop the other team and work, also work on ourselves a little bit, but not as much as we think we we can. And now that we have these this uh, eleven day break, um, you know, I, this this we'll we'll work on ourselves for a couple practices and really trying to improve on things that that we need to improve on and. So I think, you know, the pros outweigh the cons in this situation. And um, I think it'll, I think we'll come back even, even sharper, you know, we'll stay in shape. You know, I think our staff does a great job of doing that and we'll stay sharp and, you know, we'll look forward to uh, playing the pole. You talked about, you know, in a normal year, there are different ways to decompress, obviously with this COVID uh, year. This is again, like you said, the first time you guys really have a chance to sit down, really recover, get healthy, get everybody on the same page and, you know, uh, keep the grind going. So what are the different ways that you guys are going to be able to use this downtime? Obviously, you can't hang out with the teammates or, or anything like that as much as you normally would in a normal year. So in this COVID situation, what are the things that you guys are going to do with the little bit of time off that you have now that's going to keep, you know, off the floor, the guys together and engaged? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I mean, it's, it's a good time to get our, our schoolwork going. You know, we've been away for we've had two road trips since school kind of started and, you know, that doesn't help. I know it's, you know, a lot of it is on zoom, but it's good to be able to go to class, get, getting kind of a routine where like you feel like you're getting 
something done beyond basketball. And then, you know, a time in a time like this, you know, a lot of guys have a little bumps and bruises, you know, being able to get those figured out and get those, get your body feeling really, really good for this last home stretch of the season is going to be huge for us. And then, um, also being able to get in some extra, get get in some extra work on, on the floor by yourself. You know, it's so hard to do that when you have games two, three days, two every two, three days. So doing having this time off, being able to sharpen your skills, being able to sharpen your mind as well is I think it's gonna play dividends down the stretch of the season. I wanna talk a little bit about your pick and roll partner, uh, Christian Bishop. He's improved greatly this year. And the result of that is it's helped you as a playmaker, as a scorer as well, because he's another guy now, aside from DJ Denzel, obviously with what Mitch can do. He's another guy that garners attention and then it makes it really difficult, especially with that starting five uh, unit out there to defend everybody. Talk about his improvement, how much it's helped your game. And then obviously, you know, the hard work that you've seen him put in for him to be in this situation that he is right now. Yeah, you know, you know I think, you know, you guys saw a glimpse of, of, of it last year. You know, I just think his role was probably small last year. You know, he was he was a under dreadlock Christian is what I called him. <laughs> yeah, dreadlock Christian, exactly. And um, you know, going 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 into this year, his role is bigger, and I think he's just a smarter player. Like I think he knows how to re- I think he knows how to use his strengths more as well because he's not like a physically and if you look at him, he's not a natural five man. I guess he's, he's always going into every game. He's usually undersized, but he understands how to kind of use that against the other the opponent and use his speed, use his quickness, use his um kind of elusiveness to, you know, try and get us open or, or kind of slip a ball screen. And, you know, I just think his his mental part of the game has improved in in that and that's why you're seeing, you know, improvements in his game is because he kind of understand how they're how they're guarding not only himself, but how they're guarding me, how they're guarding Mitch. So he's kind of Okay, okay, so you're gonna double, you're gonna uh, you're gonna travel ball screen. So I'm I'm gonna just slip out that way. You know, I'll, I'll cause the defense to collapse. So it's like he kind of understands what's going on out there, and he's using it against them. And then, so now that now that he's doing that, he's been he's opening things up for everybody else. And you know, for him to do that, it's just it's gonna make not only himself look better, but everyone else. So I'm real happy with. And then in terms of work, his work ethic, he's he's always in the gym, and you know we you know what you're seeing isn't isn't like a, a shock to me because I've seen him put in the work. So it's only up for him. It's only up from here for him. I love the dynamic that him and Kalkbrenner have. Um, when Bishop is out there, especially on defense, it's hard hedges. He really does a good job of bringing guards all the way up to half before recovering quickly back to his man. It seems like with Kalkbrenner, you guys are playing much more of like a drop defense, especially on ball screens where he's able to use his length, his size to influence yeah. shots and obviously makes it very difficult for other bigs uh, to finish in the paint. Uh, for you, though, defensively, which style do you kind of like better? Do you like more of Christian style helping you on those ball screen situations? Or do you like the fact that you got a big boy back there who's able to block shots and, you know, really limit the effectiveness of the other opponent's bigs? Um, that's a tough question. I... I... I wouldn't put one in front of the other. You know, I think they both bring a certain dynamic to our defense and it, make, and it kind of lets us breathe a little bit because, you know, Ryan's presence at the rim, you know, maybe he doesn't have four or five blocks a game, but he changes six blocks, I mean, shots, six shots yeah. a game, and which yeah. uh, which really helps us out. And then Christian being able to, you know, we call it a gemmer. I mean, you probably know that. And 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know Jimmer, that. Jimmer started with my group, man. Exactly. And you know why, why, too, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Christian being, Christian, you know, uh, you know, I think he came a long way doing that, you know. It's it's awesome to see him. You know, it just makes my job easier. It makes the guard who I'm guarding, you know, his life pretty hard, you know. It just it makes the ball screen, you know, once that Jimmer is good, it makes everything else easier because we can scramble and get out of it quicker. And um, him, 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 and that's it. Comes back from him using his quickness and speed on that end. For those of you listening, Jimmer is a ball screen that Coach Mack and his staff literally created on the fly the week that we had to play Jimmer for that my freshman year, and it worked. We held him to twelve points, I believe. I'm sure Rob Anderson can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we left yeah, him yeah. held him to a season low twelve points that year. So no, he really does a a really great job. I'm talking about Christian Bishop here of forcing the ball out of dominant ball uh, guards' hands and making other players beat him. And obviously, it plays into the hand that the defense that you guys are trying to, mm-hmm. to play. Marcus, you do such a good job of scoring at all three levels of the game. It's not only the three-point shot that guys have to worry about, but it's also getting by for a pull-up or going to the rim and finishing with either hand. Which coach or which trainer, who helps you out with all those individual skills that makes you so dangerous at all three levels of the game? Probably just my dad, you know, I've always, he's always told me I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the, I'm not the strongest from even the fastest, but I, I, I can work at things and create advantages where I can score at all three levels and try and keep the defense guessing. Cause you know, as a defender, you know, it's, it's, I know it's tough to guard somebody where when I don't know what they're going to do, like, I don't know if they're going to try and go by me. I don't know if they're going to do a little step back for a mid range or if they're going to pull for three and, you know, I think as an offense, a, a player, being able to, you know, pick and choose and keep the defense on their heels and keep them guessing is, is what's not only going to open things up for you, but it's going to make the defense collapse and open, open things up for everybody else. And so, so I've, you know, I've just worked, I've worked ty- tirelessly at just, you know, all three levels of that, of the, of that offensive end. I wanted to talk a little bit more about your offensive skills, uh, Marcus. Uh, they were on full display last game, obviously. I think there was a sequence where you went, you know, same foot, same hand layup. A couple possessions later, you had the pump fake up and under, nice little push float. And then I've noticed this about your game. Whenever you start to feel yourself a little bit more, a transition three is coming up. <laughs> and Coach Mack had to kind of rein, rein you in a little bit after you missed it short, I believe. But yeah. obviously, once you get going, you know, you feel like you can do anything out there on the court. Where does that confidence kind of kind of come from? I just think it comes from my work. You know, I, I just think I work really hard. And mm-hmm. I think I just put the time in. I think I do the right stuff off the floor. I take care of my body. I I put in extra shots before and after practice. I try to get in the gym, you know, every you know every day I can. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, like I'm being told to kind of stay out of the gym and kind of rest your body. You know, that's, that's yeah. when you know I think I'm – and I, I think I have to. You know, I don't think I'm – that I'm naturally gifted in, in terms of like physical, you know, my wingspan, I'm, I'm not the top, I'm, I'm six, one, six, two. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I just don't have that physical you know, appearance that, you know, other players are blessed to have. And I'm okay with that. Cause I know I can make up for it with my work and with, with skill. And, you know, I just, it's a never anything. I just always want to figure out ways to find advantages on, on the offensive end, whether that's, you know, using my change of speed or using a fake or using the same foot, same same hand layup or pull up three. And just being able to score at all three levels just make, it makes things easier on that end of the floor. We have a 
fan question uh, on Twitter from Shooter U. And his question is, who's the best trash talker on this team and who's the best trash talker in the Big East? I already talked about your trash talking against Seton Hall last year, but I don't know <laughs> if you're the best on this Jays team. So who would you say it is? Best trash talker on a Jays team. Think about summertime yeah. workouts, one-on-ones, like the guys who really get under your skin, like who really challenge you. <laughs> there's no one? This, this past <laughs> no, this, no, there's a lot. This yeah, this, this past year or my my three years I've been here so far. Your three, let's go. Your three years. I'll give you a, a bigger pool to choose. From. I'd probably say Caleb. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb Joseph. Shout Caleb out Caleb. Got, <laughs> even to be honest, he wouldn't even play, but Preston. Preston used to get on my. Right. Yeah, Preston. But yeah, I probably say <laughs> I probably say Caleb. And what about in the Big East, guys that you've played against, maybe? Or let's just say a team. I don't need you to call anybody out individually, and I don't even want to start that drama. So let's just say a, a team in the Big East, maybe that you guys just hear a lot of trash talking from just collectively. Uh, my first two years was Seton Hall, but this yeah. this year I'd probably say Marquette talks a lot of talks a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. So I, I I love games like that. How do you feel when you're in Dallas type of games where you know it gets pretty heated? I remember my senior year for whatever reason that St. John's team, man, they, they gave us some fits. We beat them at home, but we lost to them at Madison Square Garden in the regular season, and they were just talking smack the whole time. So, like, how does it feel to be in that kind of game? Like, for me personally, it, it like, really hypes me up. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it makes you forget about everything else. You just want to – makes you forget about literally everything. Like, what coach – now I'm just playing. Now we're, we always listen to coach, but, like, you just want to, like, really prove to them what you're saying and really, really just try and win because – once you win, you can you ain't nothing ain't nothing you can say if you lose. So if you win, you can talk right. all all you want. So just be and uh, but yeah, I'd say definitely. Yeah. What what is it about uh Crane that made you want to commit to this program? Obviously, I'm sure you were well recruited. You probably had your pick up the leader of which schools you wanted to go to. But what was it about this program and what Coach Mack has built that made you want to be a part of this family? Honestly, I I, I wasn't recruited as you know, I was recruited. I wasn't recruited too late. You know, I got recruited from schools like literally like the June and July of uh, like the end of my junior year AU season. So, so you know, Creighton was one of not I wouldn't say the first school, but they were one of the first schools to really give offer me a scholarship. And um, you know, I actually remember watching them play Villanova in two in two thousand sixteen on TV. My dad was like, you know, like this is like this is before they even like taught. I, I didn't even know who Creighton really was. I, I didn't know where, where they were in, but they the way they played was it was fast. It was they moved the ball like they made threes and they just really they, it looked fun out there. So I was like, man, like that that would fit my play style. But you know, I don't know if I could play it that. Like I mean, I knew I could play at the level, but it just wasn't a, it wasn't real for me at the moment. And then. Mm-hmm. A year later, like they offered me a scholarship, and I just kind of <laughs> fell in love. I fell in love with it, and I, t- I took an unofficial and then an official, and you know, just what Coach Mack, you know, he's he, he didn't lie to me. He he didn't he wasn't one of the coaches where he's like, oh, you're you're gonna start, you're gonna come in and play right away. I I didn't want to hear that because I knew that's what I did. Like I I since my brother went through all this recruiting process, I knew, you know, I had a good gist. I just had a good gist of what was true and what was not throughout the process, and. I knew he was being honest. He just said you can come and work, and 
you know, through your work, you, you earn what you deserve. And, you know, that's what's been my whole life is you get what you deserve. And so I, and that's what Matt told me. And I remember, and I just, on my visit, I fell in love with, I just fell in love, you know, with it. I didn't want to go to a big school. I want to go to a school that really, you know, supported the basketball team. And, you know, that's what Omaha is. It's, we're like the professional team out here. That's, that's how much right. love we get out here. And um, it was probably the best season I ever made, honestly. I couldn't find a better fit. That 2016 team, uh, when you had that first impression of the Jays and how fast they play, was that that just Dustin Patton, uh, yes. Kyrie Thomas, Marcus Foster, Wop? Was it that group of guys? Okay, good. Because yeah. we just had Marcus Foster on the podcast last week, and I told him that that was really one of my favorite teams to watch, obviously, since I've been a fan after graduation. I try my best to stay up and watch you guys play, bro. That team was electrifying yeah. sometimes you just never know, knew what was going to happen like at, on any exactly. given possession something crazy could happen <laughs> exactly you know, i was just i just i remember watching it and then it was it's cool to think about that though like in the past it's really interesting it's going to be even crazier once you graduate and you look back at the future teams trust me i'm, I'm over here on this side now and i just like <laughs> i can't believe how much i'm still in love with just sip, simply just watching and cheering the guys on i'm yelling at a tv at four o'clock in the morning on the other side of the world so yeah awesome, it's, it's it's crazy so you have a twin brother max obviously we all know your older brother michael carter williams uh nba player in his eighth year right now if i'm not mistaken how crazy and competitive were those pickup games or one-on-one games growing up? <laughs> I would yeah. imagine with those two guys, like there's a lot of bangers, a lot of trash talking. So how how was that environment? I mean, it was. I didn't really play much one-on-one. With Michael, he was he was he's like seven, eight years older than me, so it was like, he, he, I would never beat him. You know, now it would be a lot a better time to play him. But um. <laughs> You know, obviously, a lot of trash talking going on. It was sometimes you put my dad will play because he, he plays, and mm-hmm. even my sister, my sister plays as well. So you know, we'd always, be, you know, we have a court in the backyard as well. So we just, we literally grew up, you know, playing out there, and you know, it was real fun. You know, sometimes my friends would come over, and then Michael's teammates and friends would come over, and we played like pickup games, and you know, I'll never forget those times. You know, that's where I fell in love with basketball, and right, you know, have and having a brother like that who can push me and. Sam, Sam, weak or Sam, a baby, I'm trash. Growing up, it made me stronger. It made me like love the game more. Made me more competitive, and that's probably where people see my competitiveness from. Is just from those moments of me <laughs> coming up. Yeah. What kind of advice or you know tips that he gives you? I'm talking about obviously Michael Carter Williams being an NBA player right now. What kind of tips does he give you as he looks back on your game? The things that he sees that you might need improvements on. Uh, how close are you guys when it comes to him just kind of, you know, feeding you some advice in the times when he feels that you need it? Oh, he's the best when it comes to that. Like, I couldn't ask for, like, a better role model in terms of making sure I'm okay after a bad loss or or humbling me after a great win or a good game. And he's always there to, you know, feed me that good advice and feed me that good information that I need to hear, you know, every Time I, every time I step off that floor, and um, he's just he's he's always been there. He's he's the if I have a rough game and he knows I'm down and we lost, he'll call me and be like, "Bro, it's not the end of the world, dude. You can it's it's all about the next one, you know." I and then he'll send me some clips of what you know what he saw and you know what he thinks I should do in this situation, and then vice versa. You know, if I have a good game and we win, he's like, it's like 
on to the next one. You know, I think I thought you did some good things, but here's what you also need to work on. So it's like a never, it's like a never satisfied type of conversation. And that's, you know, that's how I am. You know, I don't, I think that's how my parents are, how my siblings are as well. I just don't, we just, I don't like having that feeling of being comfortable and satisfied because then I feel like I'll get behind. So. So a game like you had uh, against Villanova this past weekend, I would assume that that's one of the times where you really feel, you know, the lack of fans because you know how big of a pop and reaction you would get when you guys were making that decisive push to really uh, keep Nova at arm's length and really kind of blow the game open in the second half. So was a game like that, like just a more realization of how crazy this year has been and how different the circumstances are right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were, I remember like a couple of the uh, returning guys were telling like the freshmen, like, yo, if that game was in front of like 18,000, <laughs> right. you have no idea what that would have felt like. Like you would have got goosebumps and, you know, the fans were still great, you know, at the game, you know, we, that was, it was, always, it, was, it, was actually, it was actually pretty loud in there, but since like you, you know, it's just like, it's just not the same and, you know, it's out of our control, but hmm. yeah, definitely. I would, if I could pick any game, yeah, I would pick that game. Man. I have 18,000 fans because yeah. you know they would have went crazy. It's, it's just such a weird situation. I'm always asked, you know, like, because I'm, I'm playing overseas right now, we kind of have the same, you know, parameters that you guys have. No fans in the stands for the most part. Uh, so, you know, on podcasts, when I'm asking fans, you know, what kind of questions they have for the players, one of them is, you know, how do they feel about playing with no fans? So, Kind of just give me, you know, a, a glimpse of like what goes through your mind at tip off, understanding that look, usually this is when the fans would be roaring, going crazy, but right now these are just not the time for it. Yeah. I mean at first it was definitely like, dang, this sucks. Yeah. But then, you know, I like because you just we just had it so good in terms of like, you know, every every game was almost a sellout. Every game you can can barely hear, you know, what Coach Back is saying. And um now that it's different, you know, we don't have but but then I we I think me and everybody else kind of fixed our mindset and like in terms of being like grateful we can play and like my my twin brother plays in New Hampshire and his season got canceled and he he hasn't played a single game and they've been practicing since like September. So like there's no reason for us to hold our heads or not try and still seize the moment and still try and you know, enjoy this and be grateful that we're able to play because not every not every other not every, not everybody else is 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 um is doing what we're doing and able to and and being able to play so and we still get three thousand fans like a lot of like every time we go on the road it's like there's no fans yeah. there's, we, Empty. we're we're, yeah. in, we're in the practice gym and so it's like damn we have a good here so I just think it's fixing that mindset of like being grateful and not trying to like dang we like not not having that mentality of you know what could be instead of just like what is uh when Damian Jefferson was on the podcast he said that you just have no excuses to not hear coach Mac right now <laughs> because you can literally hear oh yeah, that- yeah 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 <laughs> even like talking on defense like you know how sometimes <laughs> right they, they be saying we want to hear like oh now man they can hear us now like, we, we either be quiet right. or we want to be loud like, exactly they, they know who's talking even on film you can hear people you can hear the, mm-hmm. everyone talking, and if you're not talking, like, 
Like in the past, oh, like, so nah, I was is, is that a thing that Coach Mack has been using for real? Like just watching the broadcast <laughs> to see who's actually talking? Because as a fan watching on TV, you can actually hear some communication over, you know, the analysis and stuff like that. So does Coach Mack actually use that on film against you guys right now? <laughs> he does it because you know when we watch film, it's on it's on mute. But like he yeah. definitely when he watches it himself, he definitely like because he'll bring it up like you got to talk more in defense like right you can't really say that last year because I was like coach I was talking crazy like just the fans were so loud but now you can't say that this year there's no there's no excuse like yeah DJ's right there's no excuse right so last questions before I let you go again I really appreciate you for taking a little bit of time out to, to chill with your boy today on the podcast Hell yeah. uh I I can't leave without asking you how far do you think this team can go obviously you know the history of crane we've never made it past the first weekend uh hopefully this is the year to do it i honestly thought last year was going to be the year to do it obviously covid ruined all of that for us so how far do you see this team going uh obviously you're an integral part of that yeah i mean you know if if we bring our best game I'm not even our best, you know, if we just bring, you know, if we just be who we are, you know, on both ends of the floor, you know, we attack it with the mentality of like, having like, let's, let's compete for each other. Let's, let's all be on the same page and let's have that, let's have that togetherness and not care about anything else, but being together and trying to make winning plays on both ends. You know, I don't, I don't see why we can't, you know, make it to the elite eight or final four or even try and win it. You know, I really don't, you know, as long as we, we all stay healthy and, you know, COVID doesn't mess anything up. You know, I just think, I think coach is going to put us in position to be successful. You know, you know, every game, you know, our staff does a great job of giving us a game plan and going out there and having us go out there with confidence and a sense of readiness. And I think, you know, you know, I just don't, I don't, you know, I think we can, I think every, going into every game, I, I have a sense of like, you know, this is a very winnable game for us. So, you know, I don't, I see it's going, you know, farther than a lot of people think, for sure. A hundred percent. I agree with you, brother. And I obviously hope that you guys make it happen uh, from afar. Yeah. And it's just been so thrilling watching this year, the ups and downs. And obviously you guys have to deal with unfortunate circumstances that are out of your hands. But I see you guys putting in the effort. I see you guys, you know, putting in the work. So keep on keeping on, brother. We'll obviously be staying in touch as the year goes on. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining us. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 60 uh, Media Network. And don't forget to download the Locker Room app, like I said before, for more content like this. Marcus Zagorowski, number 11, was our 11th guest at the, on the Welcome to the J podcast. So again, thank you, Marcus. We had back-to-back Marcuses, Marcus Foster and Marcus Zagorowski on the show. What's so up? appreciate you, bro. Stay healthy, stay safe, and go Jays. Yes, sir.